1: Hey, it's Curious City editor Alexandra Solomon, and we got some good news at Curious City recently. We learned that two of our stories were nominated for awards by the National Association of Black Journalists. Both stories were reported by our former colleague and very good friend Ariane Nettles, who's now a professor at Northwestern's journalism school. So we thought we'd share one of the stories with you. This one originally aired in April of 2019. Ariane traced her own family's history to answer a question about the role of the Great Migration in establishing Chicago's connection to the blues. Here's Ariane to explain more.
2: In the 20th century, millions of Black Americans who lived in southern states packed up their lives and headed north to cities like Chicago. They were drawn by the promise of greater freedom and better jobs. Like a lot of black Chicagoans, my granddaddy Narvel and my grandma B were among those who left Mississippi in the 1940s and headed north. When they got here, they found success in a particular industry of the time, the blues. So when Curious City listener Charlie Davis asked the question, what role did the Great Migration play in establishing the blues industry in Chicago? I decided to trace the history of my grandparents' experience with the blues. Because if you understand their story, that'll help you understand why the music took root here and flourished. I already knew they owned a lounge on Chicago's South Side in the 1950s and a record label for decades after. But I was still surprised when I picked up a book on Chicago blues and found my granddaddy's name right smack in the middle.
3: Your grandpa was a hustler. He, he wasn't a hoodlum, but he was a hustler. He was out there making that money. And that was the name of the game.
2: More about my granddaddy's hustle later. Most people know that black people migrating to Chicago brought the blues with them. But Chicago had three things that made it the perfect place to start a blues business. First, by the middle of the 20th century, there was already a large community of working Black folks. This was especially true in the Black Belt on the South Side, where a majority of the city's Black residents lived at the time, my family included. World War II had just ended, and in Chicago, the Black community laid the groundwork for what would become a booming blues industry. Here's David Whitest, author of Chicago Blues, Portraits and Stories.
3: It was a major urban center. There were opportunities to open a club or a lounge or a bar.
2: My granddaddy had just gotten out of the Army, and he'd always had entrepreneurial dreams. So when he got to Chicago, he could own a club because there were a lot of people in Chicago who had the money to support his business. That kind of success here, while still hard to achieve, was possible because the black people who came here still wanted to hear the blues.
3: This migration, what Al Bell from Stax Records always affectionately, called Mississippi River Culture. And he says, anywhere there's Mississippi River Culture, they like the blues and they like deep soul music.
2: My grandparents came from that Mississippi River Culture, and they were immersed in the music that spoke about oppression and the hard life of sharecropping. My Aunt Mary Brooks says she remembers how my Grandma B would always say she left Mississippi because she was just sick and tired of picking cotton.
4: And the reason many people left Mississippi and Alabama is because they were tired of the circumstances there. They were tired of being boys and girls and they wanted to be men and women. So yeah, they came north and they brought the blues with them.
2: And the second reason Chicago was primed for the blues, there was already a recording industry set up here. Chess Records started in 1950, and they recorded Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, and other Chicago blues artists. But Chess's owners were here before that, already a part of Chicago's music industry. And entrepreneurs like my granddaddy formed many smaller but very important record labels that added to the city's robust industry. So if you were a blues musician, Chicago is where the work was. And reason number three is Chicago already had a thriving nightlife.
3: We had loose liquor laws. We had mayors who allowed their police officers to take bribes and let the clubs open all night. We had mayors that really permitted vast areas of the South Side to be basically centers for vice.
2: And as the black belt quickly filled with musicians and workers with a little money to blow, it was the perfect setup to create clubs and lounges that hosted performers and catered to guests. In my family, we were right in the middle of all the action. My granddaddy had the nickname Cadillac Baby, Aunt Mary again.
4: He was a showman, so you know, he had to be a showman to to dress up every Saturday night in a top hat and a tuxedo.
2: As a 10-year-old in the 1950s, my aunt was old enough to remember my granddaddy's larger-than-life persona and what it was like in our family's club. Her and her sisters would sneak downstairs at night to take a peek at all the action.
4: Just like people, the kids are rapping now, we knew the words to these songs because these were the songs we heard, and this was the expression of who we were. You're gonna make all your women jump and shout.
2: Night after night, this was the scene at Cadillac Baby Show Lounge, named after my granddaddy, who was the colorful face of the business.
3: He would drive his Cadillac right up onto the stage and get out of the car and bow to the audience. And, and that was the start of the show.
4: I'm your horse who loves you the most. Cadillac Baby. Coming to you live! He loved it. He loved the notoriety.
2: Located at 4708 South Devon Street. And my grandma B worked diligently behind the scenes to make sure everything ran smoothly.
4: Everybody loved them. Everybody loved B and Cadillac.
2: Whitest, the author, says the blues industry was blossoming with black entrepreneurs making money like my grandparents. And after starting their club, they started a recording company, B and Baby Records, with my grandfather at the helm.
3: Over the course of his career, he recorded quite a few Chicago blues artists, who later became quite well known.
2: They recorded artists like Little Mac, Hound Dog Taylor, Homesick James, and Eddie Boyd. My baby's
0: gone, and she won't be back
2: no more. By the 1970s, tastes were changing. Some black clubs were closing. My grandparents lost their club. Some younger black listeners saw the blues as representing the past. Meanwhile, white audiences were introduced to the genre through the music of groups like Cream and the Rolling Stones. Today, you can still find blues in Chicago, but some things have changed.
4: There are clubs on the south side and the west side, but they're very few, not like it was in the 60s.
2: Taranzo Cannon. At 51, he's one of the younger musicians in today's Chicago blues scene. He says these days, there's a clear divide. Those places, which cater to black patrons, and on the north side.
4: You have what they would call your touristy blues clubs. And you get a lot of people from Europe, get a lot of uh, white people to go to these clubs.
2: But there are still black musicians keeping the tradition alive.
4: It doesn't just stop it. Or BB King, or Muddy Waters, or Buddy Guy. You know, we, we're still holding on to the traditions as we know it.
3: there's a train that will take me
1: there,
3: take me where I can live in peace.
1: That was reporter Ariane Nettles. Teronzo Cannon is now 52 that still makes him a young guy when it comes to Chicago blues musicians. We'll know if this story or the other one Ariane reported about Ida B. Wells wins the NABJ Award on December 19th. And we've got another story from Ariane coming soon, looking at the life of labor activist Lucy Parsons, who is not entirely who she claimed to be. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Alexandra Solomon.
3: Deliver me From this place I know, desecrated by the madness of war, if there's a road to a peaceful country
1: where the people have pity...